Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to That Won't Preach, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming unpopular truth that you need to hear. I'm Paul T. Johnson, and I'm excited about today's episode on deception. If you haven't already, please subscribe, like, and rate this podcast and share it with someone who might be impacted by the truth of God's word. And if you want to connect with us further, you can visit my website, paultjohnson.org, and check us out there as well. I'm going to break down deception today. Jesus himself said in Matthew 24, 4, see to it that no one deceives you. So what is deception? Who and where does it come from? How can we recognize it and learn to avoid it? So let's start with a simple definition of deception to make sure we're all on the same page. Deception is the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is actually false or invalid. Some synonyms for deception include cheating, being crafty, cunning, duplicity, dishonesty. Does that sound like the devil to anybody? It says in Genesis 3.1 that the serpent, who is the devil, the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And we know that it's the serpent who deceived Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden who came to them and said, Did God really say, and he got them to question the voice of the Lord, which led to their downfall into sin and corrupting all of mankind through sin. So what is deception? How can we avoid it? Let's begin to break this down. First with a passage, let's start in Galatians 6. I'll begin reading to you in verse 7. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we shall reap if we do not grow weary. So four times in the scriptures, this is one of them, It explicitly says, do not be deceived, where we are to think with ultimate clarity about certain issues, especially about the character and nature of God, where we have clarity and peace and understanding, where we are not walking in any deception, where we're not being duped or tricked about who God is, about what he has said, about what he wants from us as his sons and daughters. So I've actually compiled a list of 10 deceptions that I see in the body of Christ today, and I want to break down the first five in this episode as we talk about deception, because my heart is for everyone to be clear and free of deception in their own life, that we don't fall to the prey of the enemy who wants to trick us and guide us away from God and lead us into temptation. While Jesus prayed that we would not be led into temptation, but that we would be delivered from the evil one. Part of being delivered from the evil one is not allowing him to have a grip on our lives through deception, through compromise, through the doors that he opens. So let's break these down. I'll start with number one is what I call casual Christianity. 
Casual Christianity is faith that costs little to nothing. Casual Christians avoid controversial issues and fail to stand up for the truth. They love Jesus from a safe, comfortable distance where they are always in control. They want the benefits of a relationship with God without the sacrifice and obedience he requires. This is casual Christianity and it is deception. In America especially, we love being casual. It's built into our culture. We like casual dress, casual relationships, casual drinking. We even promote casual sex in our television shows and everything that we do. It's embedded into our culture is this desire to be casual. But when you approach your faith casually, you end up in destruction. It was Steve Hill, the late evangelist, who so profoundly said, treating sin casually causes casualties. So if we begin to treat sin casually and we become flippant about our walk with God, then we set ourselves up to live a life of deception. If you remember my first episode, Wake Up is about living in the light of eternity and living with our eyes wide open that we would not be deceived and sleeping and just passing the time thinking that we are awake when really we're just snoring and hitting the snooze button in our walk with God. So that's a form of deception. God calls us to be intentional. And as I read earlier in Galatians 6, when it says, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you are going to reap. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap from the flesh destruction. But if you choose the spirit and you sow to the spirit of God and the fruit of the spirit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, if you sow to the spirit, you will reap eternal life. But so many people think they can sow to the flesh and they can reap of the spirit. They can reap the good things and a good harvest, but really their life is bearing bad fruit because they're deceived because it is our pride that makes us think we're the exception and that we are actually not going to reap what we have sown when this is a law according to the word of God that we must all abide by. So check yourself today. Think of your walk with God right now. Are you casual in it? Are you flippant? Or is there a level of intentionality and devotion in your life that is pleasing to God? Only you can answer this truly for you. Look in the mirror in your own heart before the Lord and ask God, am I casual or am I intentional in my relationship with you? Number two, the second deception is what I call compartmentalized Christianity. Compartmentalized Christianity is faith that doesn't affect every area or issue of the heart, only some. Compartmentalized Christians primarily relate to God on Sunday, but not throughout the week. Their faith fits neatly into their box of convenience and is separate from work, school, and even friends and family relationships. We have a tendency to add Jesus to the buffet line of life where our Christianity or our faith is just one more thing that we have going or one more thing that we have to do. When our faith becomes boxed in and becomes just a compartment where, let's say, your Christianity is just something that you do or you practice on a Sunday morning and you show up to check a box somewhere and say, hey, 
I went to church, I did my due diligence, maybe you even put in a couple bucks in the offering so that you can feel better about yourself or try and get the guilt for your sin that you know you're in to go away. That doesn't work. We are not to compartmentalize our faith, but instead our walk with Jesus is actually supposed to be consuming every part of who we are. Our money, our time, our resources, our relationships, our sexuality, our decisions. So rather than being compartmentalized, we're called to be consumed. It says about God that he is an all-consuming fire. And he wants every part of our lives, every part of our hearts to be fully his. Many times people think about Jesus as the good shepherd and they say he leaves the 99 to go after the one person who is astray. But what about the 99 parts of our hearts that are his and the one part or piece of our heart that is not his? Jesus as the good shepherd, as the faithful witness, is going to pursue those parts of us that are not fully surrendered and draw us to him and he because he wants to bring us into full submission to him where our Christianity is not compartmentalized in any way, where we're not just trying to do the minimum, but we understand that following Jesus is a 24-7, 365 lifestyle. So the third deception I have here is what I call calloused Christianity. Callous Christianity is faith that has become hardened and impenetrable. Callous Christians have seen it all, heard it all, done it all, and therefore they become numb and indifferent. They have lost a sense of awe and wonder at God and his ways, and they even believe that God owes them something for their service and dedication. Being calloused in your heart is a bad place to be, friend. Paul described his ministry in Acts chapter 20 that he was serving the Lord with humility and with tears. Paul cried. He was broken. He wept. The elders wept with him on the island of Miletus in Acts 20. And it also, we know about Jesus that he wept when Lazarus died in John 11, that he was touched with the feelings and infirmities of men, that he in some ways was a man of sorrows, that he was broken in his heart. It says that he would look out upon the crowds and he felt compassion for them because they were helpless and harassed like sheep without a shepherd. When we become calloused, when we become hard in our heart, especially if you've been serving the Lord or you've been saved a long time or you uh, volunteer regularly in your church or in the ministry where you serve, it's possible to become calloused and to become hard, to be hard-hearted even and not even know it because this deception is something that settles in over time. It's David Ravenhill who so profoundly says that dry my eyes are often accompanied by a dry heart. When was the last time you cried? When was the last time you were broken in God's presence and before people who love you where you were vulnerable and you were allowing the pain or the issues or the struggles or the, the weight, the burden that's upon your heart to be released through tears? Corey Russell calls tears liquid prayer. When we begin to pray and cry before the Lord and cry out to God, 
We are warding off or, or pushing out callousness and allowing our hearts to become tender where the scripture actually says in Ephesians 4 that we are to be tender hearted, forgiving one another just as God in Christ has forgiven us. Many times there's a callousness that comes over us when instead of forgiving one another, we go to bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. Those things, they sow in us destruction and hardness and we need to Stop sowing to those places and allow our hearts to be tender and moldable before him. Many times familiarity breeds complacency and ingratitude. When you go the route of, I've seen it all, heard it all. Let's say someone stands up and they're going to start preaching or teaching and they say, I want to talk about David and Goliath and you yawn and you're like, yeah, I've already heard David and Goliath. He hits him with a stone and the giant dies and Israel wins and who cares? And there's a lack of tenderness and moldability about you that God wants to soften and make us teachable and make us humble so that we don't give way to becoming calloused Christians who are immovable and impenetrable, who cannot be influenced by the Spirit of God. This is a dangerous place to be, and you do not want to find yourself there. The fourth deception is chameleon Christianity. Chameleon Christianity is faith that is subject to change based on the environment. Chameleon Christians can be excited with their church friends and outspoken about Jesus, then never say a word at work or school. They value blending in with the culture more than glorifying Christ and being unashamed of his gospel. In 1 Corinthians 15, 33 and 34, Paul writes, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Become sober-minded as you ought and stop sinning, for some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. Chameleon Christians are those who are blending in with others. Whatever is going on in their environment, that's how they act. They just want to be liked. They're afraid of being rejected, so they put their faith on the back burner and they can be whatever they need to be in the moment or they cater their behavior to whatever they think people are expecting of them. They literally are chameleons who change colors or change shapes or change behavior based upon their environment. I read you here, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals because relationships are the biggest stumbling block that I have seen to growth in Christians' lives. When you allow your old friendships and your old ways and those old things to remain in your life, it's too easy to become a chameleon where you're one way with your church family and friends and then you're another way with your old friends and then you live a hypocritical life and you become double-minded and even double-hearted where you're this way and you're that way and the only person who knows the real difference is you and of course God and we think that we're the exception that bad company is not going to corrupt us but really it has a profound effect Effect. My father used to tell me, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Who do you choose to be friends with right now? Are your friends leading you to Jesus? Are they influencing you for Christ? Listen, if you have old friends or you've just recently come out of a sinful lifestyle and you're trying to walk with the Lord, I want to tell you with love in my heart, you are going to need new friends. Your old friends can become your new friends if you share the gospel with them and you confirm 
confront them with the message of Christ and encourage them to be saved from this wicked and perverse generation. But unless they are going to receive and respond to the gospel message, you are going to have to leave them behind unless they want to join you because a little leaven leavens the whole lump and a little bit of old friendships and old ways or an old girlfriend is exactly how people end up back in the club, back in the bar, back in bed with Jezebel because they've surrendered their walk with God to the temptation that old friendships have brought to them and we ought not to be chameleons and have a set of friends here and a set of friends there. We need to be consistent and congruent just like Jesus where who we are in public is who we are in private, who we are at home is who we are at church, where there's a consistency and a congruency to our walk where instead of being chameleons, we are who you see, what you see is what you get. That is the lifestyle that Jesus has called us to live in. Don't be a chameleon. Instead, be a bold witness for Jesus Christ. Let everybody know, your friends, your family, your co-workers, I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm living wholeheartedly for him. I have no secrets and nothing to be ashamed of. I'm sold out for Christ and I want you to be as well. Follow me as I follow Christ. And you can say that with boldness and with confidence confidence because you're not this way here and that way there. You're consistent and congruent and a positive, healthy, godly role model for people to follow. The fifth deception I have, there's 10. This will be the last one on this episode. You can check out the other five next week. They'll drop. The fifth is compromised Christianity. This is faith and habitual sin mixed together. Compromised Christians make excuses for willfully continuing to sin, and they even label the commands of Scripture as legalism or religion. They avoid accountability and overemphasize the grace and mercy of God to the exclusion of His truth, righteousness, and justice. Have you noticed that nobody goes to hell anymore? Seriously, no one goes to hell. It doesn't matter what someone has done or what kind of crazy sin they've been in right up to the moment of their death. Nobody goes to hell anymore. Everybody celebrates that they're in a better place or they think they become an angel or something crazy and they go to heaven. And instead, you have people who think, well, if they're going to heaven and they're getting in and they're with God and they live that way, then what's the big deal? But compromise and full surrender to Jesus, those two things do not go together. Romans 6 actually teaches us that the grace of God was not given to us so that we can continue in sin. But instead, the call of the gospel is to come out of sinful lifestyles, receive a new heart and a new mind with conviction in you where you lay aside the old things you put to death, the old man and you being crucified with Christ are raised to new life with a new mind and a new heart where compromise is no longer in your life and in your heart where you are fully devoted and fully surrendered, set free by the grace of God. You cannot continue in habitual sin, active 
sin and call yourself a Christian. If you think that you can continue to sin over and over and over and over and never break the pattern or the cycle of sin, but call yourself a believer, I want to exhort you that you are in danger, that your soul is in peril, that you need more accountability and more help, and you need to get serious about getting delivered from whatever is ailing you or keeping you back so that you can live with clean hands and a pure heart so that God can come and wash you and cleanse you and make you new where you don't have a guilty conscience and you're not bothered by what you did yesterday or last night or last week or last month where you don't have any skeletons in your closet because there's no compromise. Compromise is so difficult to detect because it happens over time. Many people who relapse or they stumble and fall into major sin, it was little, little compromises along the way that led to a complete and total falling off of the wagon of Jesus where they abandon the faith completely or they totally blow up their lives. It's compromise that starts them down the road into habitual sin. Be on guard against living a life of compromise. Instead, come out from that thing or that sin or what ensnares you and be fully devoted and fully surrendered to Jesus where you have clean hands, a pure heart, a clean conscience, a sincere faith. You're able to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and you don't have anything to hide. Your heart is clean. Your conscience is clear. You feel the peace and joy and life of Jesus Christ flowing through your veins. There's a deep satisfaction in your soul because there's no compromise in you. Do not tolerate it. It will come back to bite you and get you. Get accountability. Repent of your sins. Turn to the Lord Jesus and ask him to wash you and give you strength to say no. He will. He paid the ultimate price through his blood on the cross. And it's only through the cross of Jesus Christ that you and I can be set free. That you and I do not have to live a life of addiction or sin or compromise. God can break that power and truly set us free where we know the joy of serving the Lord and not having to look over our shoulder or worry about who's going to come into the room or who can say what about us because we are truly free and we've put the old ways, the sinful ways of our past behind us and we become new in Christ Jesus. I exhort you, if you're listening, this is possible. This is the reality of the gospel. It's a reality in my own life. And can I tell you the joy and peace that I have in having no compromise and nothing to hide is invaluable is not something I would trade for anyone or for anything. Certainly not for a fleeting moment of pleasurable sin that's only going to reap corruption in my life and destruction in my soul and my family. It's not worth it. Turn from the pleasures of sin and allow God to wash you and cleanse you. He is merciful and faithful and kind. He will forgive you and bring you in close and then raise you up so that you can permanently forever turn away and be set free and truly become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much for listening today to the first five deceptions. May God use this podcast and the word of God to set you free, to launch you into your destiny and your purpose. Rate this podcast, write a review, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. You can visit my website, paultjohnson.org and subscribe there as well. 
Do not be deceived. Let's live in the light of the truth. Join me next Monday for another episode and a list of more deceptions that God is liberating the body of Christ from today and this hour. Have a great day. God bless you. Thank you.